There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Howard number two in numbers game at VSEN, the sports betting network, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubo, Slink, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. What I forget? I don't think I forgot anything. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff Parlay uh, singing uh, Chuck Mangione's Feels So Good for some some earthly reason. It's stuck why in is my that head? head? I, I'm not sure why. We uh, we saw how it charted, and what year was it? 1978, number two. You said? Yeah, it looks like uh, yeah, 78, number two. I didn't. I would have thought it got to number one. Uh, apparently not. What couldn't it get past? Do you have that information? West Still Reynolds. Efforting that. Wes Reynolds would know that information. Darn it! Should have had him on. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, he doesn't know this information, but he also, also knows a whole bunch about other stuff. Our senior NBA analyst. And, of course, uh, co-host of The Edge, which he does with Matt Humans each and every weekday here on the network. It's Jonathan Von Tobel. How you doing, JVT? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to answer any of the questions that you were asking right there. I got nothing in terms of the songs. But I can help you out with some NBA stuff today. Though. All right, we'll get to that. How was you, your football day yesterday? Uh, it was good. Uh, so I was on Cincinnati before the game started. I got a little greedy, but it worked out. I didn't want to lay like the, the buck 20, 25 and take seven and a half with Cincy. So I just took seven at minus 110. Uh, obviously, they went out right. And then at halftime, went Rams money line uh, at a little bit of a plus price. So ultimately, a pretty solid day in terms of conference championships yesterday. Very good. Your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Uh, I, you know, I'm excited, yeah, and I, I like the Rams a little bit here, Gil, and I think when you look at it from a matchup standpoint, the thing that really sticks out to me is Aaron Donald, Von Miller, that up front, being able to get after Joe Burrow without being without having to blitz him, right? If you look at what has bothered Joe Burrow this year, uh, it has been teams that can pressure him without blitzing him. Case in point, he wasn't as electric in the two games against the Raiders, and the Raiders do that. Bottom of the league in terms of blitz rate, but top half of the league in terms of pressure rate, those are the kind of things that have bothered Joe Burrow. If you look at his numbers under pressure, uh, they have been pretty poor this year too so I, I think the Rams fit that mold and on the flip side you know when they're not making mistakes you can see how explosive that passing attack is and I think that secondary is in for a little bit of a tough matchup here so I like the Rams initially as we're going into Super Bowl week last thing on football because I know you're a Colts fan and we were talking last week about how like if you if you put the tiers of uh, of AFC quarterbacks now right so Mahomes maybe Rodgers but let's just say Mahomes top tier Rodgers would be there if he came into the into the AFC then it's the uh, the Burrow Allen Herbert tier of quarterbacks as well. Um, and then it goes, I mean, that doesn't even mention people like Tua and Carr and Mayfield and, you know, of, the, of that ilk. Who did I miss, Jeff? I'm sorry. Lamar. Lamar. Lamar is up yep. on top. He's in, he is in the second tier as well, for sure, right behind Mahomes. So you've got Carson Wentz, man. Like, I mean, where does this, how does this feel to you now a year later? 
Oh, it's, I mean, it doesn't feel great. Like I, I think Frank Reich clearly can maximize what, what Carson Wentz brings to the table, right? You saw a couple of those games. I mean, the one, one of their worst losses was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. And Wentz was electric in that game for about two and a half quarters, right? Like we've seen some pretty high highs from Carson Wentz. We also seen some really extreme lows. And I think Reich will maximize any quarterback that he's got out there. But I think it's pretty clear. Like if you want to compete with the other teams in the AFC, if you want to win the conference, having a solid defense and a really good running game will only get you so far. Like it's really clear today's NFL that you need a quarterback that can change games for you and Carson Wentz is not that guy so look they're they're probably going to be like a consistent like type of playoff team like 10 and 7 9 and 8 in the mix every single time but if Carson Wentz is going to be their guy I, I just don't see how unless he gets insanely hot like that one year that they won the Super Bowl ultimately without him starting I just don't see how they're winning and getting past some of these guys that are ahead of him at this point all right let's talk some basketball Phoenix Suns 40 and 9 by the way just yeah. think about this off off charge stud Jeff the year the Warriors lost to the uh, Cavaliers 73 and 9 the uh, Suns have to uh, win 30, 33 more to match that. It's incredible, 33-0. All right, so power rank these teams, JVT, because we haven't had a chance to talk to you about the NBA in a while. We're approaching the All-Star break. We're more than halfway through the season. I assume the Suns are your number one, but how does it flesh out after that? Yeah, like right now they are. They have to be from a power rating standpoint. And, and also because, you know, this there's this little thing that they do that not many teams do, and it's that they try hard, like every single night, right? <laughs> like they're, they're very much a team that wants to win every single game possible. Chris Paul uh, has really done that. That's so why he maximizes almost every single team that he's been on. And, and so with that, like, yeah, they're the highest power rated team for me at this point right now. And, and after that, it's Miami at number two. Like Miami, it, what has been unheralded with the Miami uh, Heat is the different ways in which they have won these games and the way that they have changed the way that they have played, right? The different schemes that they have played defensively with changing personnel, the different ways that they have shot the ball and played offensively, uh, whether it's just, hey, let's just shoot a bunch of threes or let's get a little bit more isolation heavy with our guys now back in terms of Jimmy Butler. Eric Spolster has done a tremendous job, and this is one of the better teams in terms of cover rate as well in the NBA, even with the upheaval of personnel. And Kyle Lowry's been out for the last six games due to personal reasons, and it's going to be seven today. So I think one and two for me clearly at this point are Phoenix and Miami, and then after that, I mean, to be honest, it's just a mismatch of teams who are kind of along the same level. Like take Golden State, for example. The market has some power rated extremely high, but this is a team that if you go back, uh, let me see, I got this written down. In their last 16 games, we're talking about them being 5-11-1, or 17 games, 5-11-1 against the spread. They're clearly been overvalued by the market. They're not covering some of these big numbers that they put out there. To me, at least when it comes from a power rating perspective, one and two, it's Phoenix and Miami. And then after that, we can have a talk about whether or not you want to throw whoever else in there number three. I'm not sure how much you do uh, on this, if, if anything at all, in your handicapping, but the Heat and the Bulls uh, atop the Eastern Conference, really, really good records at home, yep. like, you know, flirting with 500 on the road. Is that just random to you, or is that something you file away, or is that something you keep in mind on a nightly basis, handicapping? I, thing or not a thing, I guess, is what I'm asking. I think it's a thing, but I don't think it's a thing that should like you know handcuff you in any way or shape or form like extensively every single night, right? You know, home court is worth something. Keeping track of it this year, home court's worth two points. So the fact that a team would be less than they are at home, it does make sense to a certain extent. Now, the extremes in which these teams have been, right, in terms of at home and on the road, that is something I think to worry about a little bit. And keep in mind too, you know, Miami, Miami's kind of actually got a history of this over the last few years. If you remember the, the year that they won to the NBA Finals, yeah, uh, they were actually again another extreme home team 
team in a way. And that's why I actually kind of like them that year to make it to the finals because they were going to look like they're going to be a top four seed and get home court. Ultimately, it's all played out in the neutral. But this has been Miami now for a little bit. Their, their home court's been much more favorable for them. But I think with teams like that, if you want to keep track of it, it, to me, I always put it like this, Gil. It should be like the cherry or the whipped cream on top of the sundae. It shouldn't be the basis of which you are basing your recipe on when you're handicapping some of these games. Makes sense. Uh, we, we You threw on another screen here, the uh, championship odds in the NBA. The Nets are the short shot, man. The Nets are still, you know, with the prospect of having the big three all together, I suppose, uh, down the road. They're plus 275, Warriors plus 450. Is there a bet in this market? Yeah, so I will say this. There's a couple of things I think in this market that are really interesting. One, I think it would be it would behoove a lot of people to look at the Nets in terms of some of the two-way markets that are out there, i.e. Circa, and laying a no against them because this is a team that we're talking about this. Like I don't know how you just keep this together from the off-court stuff, right? Kyrie Irving's not available in home games. James Harden is now injured, has a hamstring issue that he's been dealing with on top of some other ailments. We know about Kevin Durant. You know, some of these projections, like ESPN's projections, actually have them more favored to finish as like in the play at this point right now as opposed to finishing within the top six and then all of a sudden you're talking about a team like if you're on the road that helps because maybe you have all three of them out there but if you're a top play and seed like it would almost work against them because you're not going to have Kyrie Irving out there right and playing in some of these games so I think the the Nets are on really shaky ground and I think it's extremely clear at this point the odds don't reflect what they really should be in terms of winning a title they're really not that heavy in terms of a favor at least by my mind so when you're looking at the board overall like I want to believe in the Bucks skill yeah. but they continue to kind of put forth some of these lackadaisical efforts you know they get blown out by the Denver Nuggets yesterday they get beat up by the Cleveland Cavaliers and then you know we could talk about Giannis and in the Bucks not caring because they bought it already and he shows up to press conferences with chicken wings it doesn't really matter <laughs> but at the same time like you want to see some consistency at some point to believe that this team is at least how I think they are the best team in the Eastern Conference so given all of this I think if you're taking a shot it's Miami it's Miami at that 14 15 16 to 1 range they are the team that is consistently trying in the Eastern Conference to win some of these games in control of the one seat at this point right now We've talked about with home courts so that's very favorable to them you would expect them to be fully healthy by the time you get to the postseason and they're in double digits and they've been the most consistent team in the eastern conference up to this point all right we only have a few minutes here and i want to get to uh, any picks you have tonight but last question on this where do you stand on the lakers like do you get do you believe in them in a postseason run or are you just like this is never going to work Nah, I mean, like, if you have LeBron, you're good for a playoff series or so. But, like, when you're getting down to, like, I, like in a series against Memphis, I'm not sure how they really match up well against a series of Memphis. The Phoenix Suns, I think, would have a, a field day with them in a best-of-seven series. Now, we'll say the makeup of the Western Conference allows them for some upward mobility, right, because, like, teams, like, three through ten are really not that great. And so you could see them winning a series, maybe two, to get to the Western Conference Finals just because of what's in front of them. But if the bracket doesn't break right for them, like, I, I just don't really see a a realistic path for them to win the Western Conference getting past Phoenix or uh, Memphis. All right. Pretty healthy and uh, NBA schedule tonight. Um, eight games. What are you looking at? Hawks have won seven in a row. They're hosting Toronto, yep. two and a half point favorites going there or somewhere else. So I, I took three and a half with Memphis uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers. I think this is down to like two and a half, two in a couple of spots. Memphis matches up really well with Philly. Philly doesn't want to run. They don't want to get up and down the floor. Memphis does. Like they're one of the top teams in terms of transition frequency on offense. One of the best offensive ratings in terms of transition offense. John Morant in that offense, they're, they're going to be able to get after Philadelphia. And I think that this is going to be a matchup that works well for them. So took three and a half with the Memphis Grizzlies. And this is something to keep an eye on. And I, I want to see what Thibodeau does with the starting lineup. Gil, the, the Knicks 
are one of the worst first quarter teams in the league. We're talking about 27th in net rating, 1930 and one against the spread in the first quarter. And it ties directly into this lineup that they roll out there every single night. Uh, the sixth most used lineup in the NBA, but negative 12, uh, 12.1, 12.3 in terms of their net rating. It's one of the worst starting lineups out there. And Thibodeau continues to put it out there. And the results continue to be extremely poor. Just the other night, they're down big and they lose the first quarter again to the Milwaukee Bucks. So if the Knicks are rolling out the same starting five, Knicks first quarter playing against them with Sacramento, especially if De'Aaron Fox is going to play, is going to be something to worth look at. Ooh, nice little angle. Is, is it in your opinion just that he there's no other way to, for him to go or what would you do? Oh, he's being stubborn. Like there's 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 a reason why like the the rumors are is that the Knicks are looking to shop guys because they want to force Thibodeau into playing some of these other guys. <laughs> like Cam Reddish, for example, they <laughs> traded for him and he didn't show up for like three days, and they were like, at Tom, like the report was they actually had to come to him like Tom, play Cam Reddish. So like it's just it's not going well. Wow. Like it's not going well at all for New York. The uh, incumbent coach of the year, Tom Thibodeau. Right. Jonathan Von Tobel, uh, senior NBA analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at MeJVT, and we'll be listening to the Edge later today. Thank you, JVT. I was going to talk to you, man. Thank you. You too. Jonathan Von Total, everybody. Uh, the Edge with Matt Humans weekdays here on the network. We'll come back. We'll talk about this uh, Rams-Niners game. We didn't have a chance to bat that around. We'll do that next. Chris Andrews as well. Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Class is in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Getting ready to watch the big game. We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans on Championship Weekend. We'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. Six! It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VSIN.com. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Mike Pritchard, and I will uh, be on the game itself, the betcast. Stormy Bonatoni, she's going to run point guard uh, all day on Sunday, I believe. So 56 hours of free coverage kicking off Friday night with primetime action. Matt Kelly and I, so we look forward to that. Jeff, what are you doing during the 56 hours? What are you doing? Little... I got my normal slot Saturday. There you go. Yeah, so we'll be there. Four hours of parls? In bed, yep. As opposed to two hours of parlay each and every morning here on the show. I have tennis picks, by the way, now that the Australian Open is behind us. By the way, did you see that match the other night? Did you see Rafa Nadal coming back from two sets down? Dead of night. Five hours plus. Coming back from two sets to love to win his 21st major, breaking the all-time men's singles tie that he was in with uh, Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. 21 for Nadal. That knocked out our Medvedev future. So thankfully we had the Barty future that got home. Uh, Iga to win the quarter in an otherwise eh, not-so-great tournament for us. But now that we're in the smaller tournaments, there's a tournament in India 
There's one in Argentina. There's one in France. Oh, yeah, we're betting these. So I have two today. Uh, I have David Goffin, minus 130 over, uh, over Bonzi. That one is in France. David Goffin, minus 130. I think that one is still playable. That's right around that price. This one has gotten away from when I bet it yesterday. This one's in India. Um, India at the old uh, Maharashtra Open. I know you're familiar with that one, uh, Jeff. The Maha, the Maharashtra Open. I got Yannick Hamfen at plus 104. Uh, that one is against Londero. And that one has gotten to like minus 118. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go any, I, I wouldn't play it higher than minus 115. But if you can find it minus 115 better, Yannick Hanfman, Hanfman rather, is the play over uh, Juan Ignacio Londero in tennis. So those are your two plays, Goffin and Hanfman. We get tweets at beating the book. This one is, let's see, this one is from, boop, do, 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 do. this is from Forrest Lehman talking about how I said, oh, Joe Burrow on the cusp of winning both college and pro championships in a three-year span with Ed Orgeron and Zach Taylor. He said, Zach and Ed, aren't we being a bit too harsh, a tad too harsh on this Taylor dude? So much questionable game coaching going on, and he's been average at worst, huh? Yeah, no, you're right about that. He's, he's been better than McVay or Shanahan, as documented. Or for sure, Andy Reid. That's for sure. Nemesis Enforcer. Let's see Mahomes, quarterback without the cheetah code. See what he did there? He's been bailed out many times by having number 10 get behind safeties and make plays only he can. Time to use the O word? Oh, wow. Uh, whoever that was, a Patriots fan? I don't know. Uh, Nemesis Enforcer, I love you. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is overrated, though. I don't, I don't think we'll go to the O word yet. Uh, let's see here. Duke to do to do. Len Glow, guilt one time is a happenstance. Two times a coincidence. Three times it's a problem. I thought three times was a lady. That's Andy Reid's legacy in big lead games. Lenny. Thank you, Lenny, for that. Everybody sort of commenting on what we've uh, talked about throughout the show. Web 12-66, the great Andy Reid, who I've watched blow games his whole career. His players couldn't bail him out yesterday. Should be head coach at uh, BYU, he says. Chris Hartman, the lack of penalties on ticky-tack plays was great. However, when the clock is at 0-0 and the ball hasn't been hiked or when a gunner gets, gets ear-holed on a punt, those need to be flagged. Uh, that said, love not seeing a bunch of laundry in Championship Sunday. Thanks. Uh, Tim Thompson, overtime playoff rules. Heck, maybe regular season. Because in a uh, singular block of time, coin flip receiving team has advantage. Need two six-minute halves in overtime. That's Tim Thompson's suggestion. Matt Grissom. Matt Grissom says, Skaranik. That's how you pronounce the uh, Rams wide receiver's last name. Uh, Jason DeWall. How, after these playoff games, could anyone, could anyone see the Rams minus four and say, yeah, I can see them covering easily. I trust you and love the show, so explain to me, please. P.S. Is that line impacted at all by the exposure to Rams futures wagers? Uh, not generally speaking, it's not, Jason, but I'm with you. Like, I don't know how anybody can look at that line. Now it's three and a half, by the way. I don't know how anybody can confidently say, oh, yeah, Rams cover easily. And this from a guy who, I had the Bengals against the Raiders, but I sure didn't have them this week or the week before. You agree with that, Jeff? I think he's, I think he's right. I don't, think, I don't think anybody can say that confidently. I thought it was going to be three. 
when it would open. I thought it was going to be a, just a regular flat three. Three and a half feels okay. Four feels too much. Now, does that mean I'm going to bet the Bengals? I have no idea yet. But I think I'm taking the Bengals plus the points. The, the one thing I will say, and Gil, the biggest concern that we've had this whole run for the Bengals is that offensive line. Yes. And their offensive line, I thought, did okay yesterday. Granted, the best play of the entire day by Burrow came on a play where the Bengal offensive line got annihilated. Uh, obviously, that big run on third down uh, in the fourth quarter. But I look, I, at some point, Cincinnati's bad offensive line is going to get them beat. You would think, right? You would think, at least. And we, we cited the stats earlier. Wes Reynolds had the stat, too. They flashed it up on ESPN uh, yesterday. The, the ultimate statistical mismatch, the Rams' first and pass rush win rate with 50 sacks, third in the NFL this year, and the Bengals' 30th in pass block win rate of 32 teams with 55 sacks allowed. That's from a next-gen stats. So, I mean, yeah. But you think Joe? You think anything faces Joe Burrow at this point? Back to the Rams and the Niners. Stafford yesterday, 31 of 45 for 337. Two touchdowns, one pick, sack twice. Cooper Cup, 11 for 142 at two touchdowns, 14 targets. Does he have an invisible cloak? Can no one stop this guy? Beckham, 9 for 113, 11 targets yesterday. The Rams had 76 plays to the Niners, 50. Kittle ended up with two catches. How does that happen? Debo had one touch in the fourth quarter. Oh, Jesus. And I'll say it again. We'll never know, but in my opinion, that dropped interception by Tart was the game. That was the game. That's like we've been saying on this show for years. Jeff, it's tough to beat a team seven times in a row. Been saying that for years here on the show. <laughs> Seventh time is the charm. As Sean McVay somehow gets by Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. Do you agree with what I was saying? The last thing I said when I went through this game blow by blow, I said McVay wins despite coaching two horrific games. That's accurate, isn't it? Horrible. So it's conservative last week. And then yesterday is like, dude, the timeout stuff is just malpractice. The, the challenges, yes. which led to the two lost timeouts, yes. were ridiculous. Look, McVeigh, we, we've talked about this with McVeigh. There, there, isn't, there are not many guys who are better X's and O's wise than Sean McVeigh. But game management wise, he's been a menace most of his career. Yeah. He's, but, I mean, that's Andy Reid, right? But, but, but his X's and O's have, so far, Gil, he inherited a Ram team that before he got there, was the worst in the NFL for the previous decade. And all he's done is won 10 games a year with them. So the X's and O's are outplaying whatever ridiculousness he's come up with in-game. So I asked you this earlier on the AFC side when we're talking about the uh, Bengals beating the Chiefs, and I asked you, oh, how do you feel this morning if you're the Bills and the, and the Titans, right? The Bills up with 13 seconds left. They give up 44 yards and 10 seconds to Mahomes. Game goes overtime, Chiefs win, famously. And then two weeks ago, Tennessee with the ball on their racket to beat the Bengals late. And then Tannehill throws it into coverage. It bounces up in the air. The Bengals pick that one off. Well, what about the NFC side after that game yesterday? How do you feel if you're the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, I think if you're Green Bay of all these teams we mentioned, even more so than Buffalo, 
losing that game in that fashion to San Francisco is as bad as it gets. Never let they never scored on offense. They never they, San Francisco didn't score an offensive touchdown. And the only way that Green Bay could have possibly lost that game was <laughs> if their special teams did something disastrous. And that's exactly uh. what happened. Uh, and, and again, we talked about it, and this is why there's nothing guaranteed in this league. That's why taking advantage of your opportunities is so important. Green Bay, two Super Bowls and 32 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. Rodgers is out of there, dude. I I would be surprised. I would be surprised if he's back. Here, Devontae wants $30 million. So they're totally going to franchise him. And then he'll be stuck. Probably without Rodgers. Oh, what a mess. That's why when we're looking at the odds for next year's Super Bowl, because DraftKings put them up, literally we put up 16 teams. Only six of them were NFC teams. And two of them were the Buccaneers and the Packers, which were completely unbettable because we... We surmised here on the show that Brady was going to retire. Looks like we're correct. And then Rodgers, he's, he's gone. He's not going to be part of a rebuild. They're $44 million over a cap. So literally you have four NFC teams. We just went through the AFC quarterbacks. What's the, what's the NFC tier? Dak, Kyler, Cousins, Stafford, Stafford, and one more guy. I'm forgetting who it is. And then it's everybody else. That's how bad it is in that conference. We'll talk more about all this. Chrissy Andrews for the bookmaking perspective next. Numbers game, VSIN, the sports bet. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast. Get beating the book with me, Gil Alexander, of Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got hardwood handicappers, the Lombardi line, follow the money, my guys in the desert, coast-to-coast hoops, the wide world of wine garden, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It's Gil Alexander, ladies and gentlemen. He's my mishbucha. He runs the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook right behind us. It's Chrissy Andrews. How you doing, Chris? I was hanging in there, Gil. Doing well. What was it yesterday? Uh, good, good. Uh, you guys were good in the first game, and then not so good the second game. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's exactly right. You know, uh, live by the sword, die by the sword. You know, we uh, the uh, three was a very bad number for us for, in the uh, Rams game, uh, but you know, we we knew it going in, and uh, you kind of see it coming for a while. And, uh, you know, just uh, like I said, overall, I'm glad we have this policy, but uh, definitely uh, bit us in the behind yesterday, but that's some of the things we got to live with. The policy for those who are uh, curious of, of not moving the juice, just moving the number. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So proportionally, obviously, there were only two games this weekend as opposed to four last weekend. Was it proportionally the handle, you know, right in line? A little less this last weekend. Uh, you know, the weekend before was just unbelievable how much business we took. But, you know, we were obviously very, very happy with the, the handle yesterday. We just weren't that happy with the outcome. Right. But uh, the handle was uh, terrific. But not, not not the same as it was the week before. Certainly not. What, what were the um, – I'm always curious about this because this is sort of – you know, the, the one of the things since the since PASPA was ruled unconstitutional in May of 2018 that I'm not sure anybody really anticipated. Now we've become so used to it here, you know, four plus years or not four plus years, but three plus years later is who knew this many people had this much disposable income to bet to bet large sums <laughs> on games. Uh, what, 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 what did you see this past weekend? Like how many what was your biggest bets that you took? 
took two hundred thousand on the uh, on which which <laughs> I can't remember now on the forty ers plus three and a half. Uh, we had uh, so that one obviously. Then we had one hundred sixty-five thousand to win a hundred on the Rams on the money line. That one too, which will explain exactly why the three was no bargain for. It's just that, but we had uh, other hundred thousand dollar bets, a lot of, a lot of tens, twenties, fifties. You know, so we we had some pretty big action. Um, you know, and it, like I said, it, it, like you said, there's just a lot of people out there with a lot of money. And uh, they're not afraid to back their opinions with them. What causes you to even, you know, blink at this point? Like, what moves the needle at all? If you got two hundred thousand a pop, does that like? Do you even notice that? Well, it's funny. Uh, yeah, what? I don't think it was on your show. It was on one of the others. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, I think it was an interview I was doing. We took the three hundred thousand, the two hundred thousand plus the three and a half, went to three. Now, at the time, we were the only three and a half flat in the world. And with the three, we're the only three flat in the world as well. And it took, I think, 40 minutes for me to go back to three and a half. So I took, an, so in that 40 minutes, I took another 200,000 minus the three to get me back to three and a half. Now it all didn't come in one bet, but a lot of guys bet in 10, 20. Uh, I think one guy might even have bet me 50 along the way. You know, so um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, you know, around some key numbers, you you can get a lot of action. Uh, stimulated very, very quickly, and that's exactly what happened in this Rams 49ers game. All right, so so the Super Bowl now, the Bengals and the Rams opened at four globally, three and a half now. What, what was the first number you put it up at, and how do you expect this to go? Is this the the number and or the matchup you were hoping for? Okay, well, let's backtrack a little bit. I put up the, uh, the potential matchup lines uh, last week. And I opened the Rams three over the Bengals. Now they bet me right away, and it was one, you know, super sharp guy. He laid me the three on the Rams. I went directly to four with it because, like I said, I just highly respected uh, his action. So we did open the game four yesterday. Now I personally think the number's a little too high. I liked my book ahead number three a little better, but you know, I did open it four yesterday. That was, you know, the market was either three and a half or four. And like I said, the guy who bet me is just somebody I greatly respect. So I thought four was a better opening number based on that. But like I said, had I been in a vacuum, I probably would open three and a half. Um, it's not the greatest matchup, certainly not. But, you know, I, I think we've said this many, many times over the years. It's just not the marquee matchup we were hoping for. Probably Green Bay and Kansas City is what we were looking for. But that didn't happen. But, you know, here we are now, and we'll do a ton of business on this game. Like you said, there's just so many people with so much disposable income that I don't think we'll be, we'll be hurting for action in the least come, uh, come next Sunday or two Sundays from now. Yeah, it's, it's increments of, of lots and lots of money as opposed to anything being, oh, what a disappointment. We didn't get, uh, we didn't get bets on a Super Bowl. Let me, let me just ask you this follow-up because – We've said for many years now, uh, and, and you were the one to articulate it first, which is for whatever reason, the last you know quarter of a century, people bet the Super Bowl differently, right? They usually during the regular season, people will take the dog plus the points. But when it comes to the Super Bowl, I don't know if it's a you know last hurrah kind of thing before the off season, but they tend to bet the dog on the money line a whole bunch, and what you end up getting is a muted 
money line price on the favorite. We I think we saw it pretty famously with the Patriots and the Falcons, where it got to like minus low minus one forties on uh, on the Patriots that day. Do you expect that to happen here? Oh, absolutely, we expect that to happen. Yeah, I think uh, you know you just can't deny patterns that have been around for probably about twenty five years. Um, you know, barring very, very few exceptions. I can't even think of any right now. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's exactly what will happen. Uh, I think if you are looking to bet the favorite and you're looking to bet the money line rather than the point spread, you're absolutely better off waiting because I think uh, as the public comes in and starts waiting in with their, with their opinions and their money, you'll see that money line drop. You know, I don't know that the – that the number will go higher than four. It, it might. Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't move at all, actually. Uh, but uh, I think that money line will probably drop, uh, you know, at least at least ten cents or so from where we are right now. Plus, you know, listen, everybody knows it's no secret by now. You know, by sometime next week, we'll have a dime line at the South Point, mm-hmm. and uh, some other people in town have followed us, and I expect them. I'm positive they're going to do the same thing. Uh, this year, so th- th- there will be dime lines out there right now. As I look, uh, last I checked was about maybe 15 minutes ago. Uh, everybody had the standard 20 cent line, but I think they'll go to the dime line. I, as a matter of fact, like I said, I'm positive they will, and uh, that's when you're going to find oh, probably a lot of movement and uh, probably some bargains, uh, depending on what you're looking to play. All right, dime line. By the way, for those who don't know, like a. Uh... You know, like a baseball line, minus 120 on the favorite, plus yeah. 110 on the dog, as opposed to there being a 20-cent straddle. Um, okay, and then when are your props coming out? The boilerplate props, I would assume, here within uh, 48 hours, and then maybe a little more creative after that? Uh, we'll have the boilerplate uh, props up today. You know, some of the, you know, like that first page, and we were going over it last night. I think last year, one day we had 23 or 24 pages of props. So we'll probably have, like, the first page up today. Uh, and, I, you know, it's hard for me to say exactly. I just, you know, we have to look at the injury reports. Obviously, weather is not going to be an issue. Uh, you know, but we do have to just kind of get a feel for the market. And we'll put them up, hopefully, to have the entire menu up by Friday. Uh, don't put that in concrete. But that, that would be the intention at this point. Okay. And then the day after the Super Bowl, you'll have all the NFL draft props up, correct? Kidding. Joking. No, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. That one I can guarantee. Yeah. That one you could put in concrete. No, we will not. No. All right. Uh, en- enjoy the next two weeks of batting this game around. This should be fun. Uh, you know, it will be. You know, you know, I mean, I'm pretty wore out now by the end of the season. But, uh, you know, this, it is it is fun. It's fun doing battle with uh, the public out there and uh, – you know, it's like a giant chess match. Uh, we're going to lose some of the battles. We'll, we'll probably win a few, too. And uh, hopefully in the end we could scrape out a few dollars for ourselves by the time it's all over. All right. Chris Andrews at Andrews Sports, the book, uh, the author of the two books, Then One Day, but now his latest, Then One Year, available at Amazon. And where all books are sold, you can check out uh, all the details at Andrews Sports. Thank you, Chrissy. Appreciate it. By the way, Gil, now available in the gift shop also. Oh! South South Bank gift shop. How about that? Now you've reached the big time now. Now you've reached it. (laughs) Chris Andrews, everybody. (laughs) All right, Sal. I'll talk to you later. Then One Year, the name of the book. Uh, First Super Bowl 
not to feature a top two seed, Jeff. Number four seed versus number four seed. They went to uh, six seeds in each conference in 1990. There's never been a Super Bowl that didn't involve either a number one or number two seed. And obviously before that, uh, didn't either. So that's the deal. Number four seed Rams and the number four seed Bengals at SoFi second straight year where a team gets to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. We'll come up, thoughts on the Super Bowl and more right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn M Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. We get tweets at beating the book. Hayden Sherman. First Megapod consensus win, but only if Palm was on the Niners, but really on the Rams, but secretly on the Niners. What, what he meant by that was for the full season, I had a uh, half game lead on Palm handicapping, and so Palm really agreed with me on the pick of the Niners plus the points, but he wanted to beat me, so he took the Rams, which is ridiculous. <laughs> so he got beat. What were you going to say? He got beat at his ridiculous Megapod game. Nothing from Jeff? Okay. You leaned in. Thought you were going to say something. This is from uh, oh Bainbridge Deweese. He says, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the Chiefs throwing on second and goal at the end until I backed it up and confirmed that Travis Kelsey wasn't even on the field for that play after a timeout. What? That was the uh, second and goal, the first sack of Mahomes, the five-yard sack uh, on that one. This is from, do do do. always appreciate these tweets, by the way. This is from um, Roman Dago. Oh, Gil, the uh, Hanfin-Lundero match is in Argentina, not India. Just an FYI, because the uh, Pune tourney is wrapping up for the day. Yes, Argentina, pardon me. Clay Courts of Cordoba, Argentina, is where that match is. And again, the tennis picks are Goffin and Hanfman tonight. 
Uh, let's see. This is Allie uh, responding to the Game Plus Network schedule. Such a great morning afternoon. I love, quote-unquote, working from home for the whole Game Plus schedule. Scott C. from C. Scotty Bookie 17. Guilt. If I would have known your recaps were going to be this good, I would have slept through the conference games after staying up to watch Nadal Medvedev. Did you watch any of that match, Jeff? Oh, come on, man. Started started at midnight. I was twelve thirty out here as asleep. Somehow didn't nearly, get to when I woke up. Nearly five and a half hours of the greatest, just the greatest mental will you'll ever see in your life. Just incredible. Uh, Web twelve sixty six. Uh, yo, Gil, Gofen went from minus 25 to minus 37 at Caesars in like three minutes as soon as you uttered Gofen or whatever the guy's name is, LOL. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, let's see here. Also, just someone else telling me that's in Argentina. Okay. Uh, and then Jack Oslovsky tried to get uh, sassy with me and said it, it's, it's so easy to uh, do the play-by-play after the fact. Dude, this is, what we're th- this is what I'm thinking while it's going on and scribbling down the notes. Nice try, though, buddy. All right, Jeff. You, you started a sentence. <laughs> you started a sentence off air by saying to me, you go, listen, I know he's a lunatic, but <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, you think, is going, is going to go to Minnesota and not Miami. Okay, so, look, I, I'm just thinking about it from the football perspective more than anything. I don't know any information on this. If Harbaugh ends up, Miami, ends up in Miami, it wouldn't shock me at all. But from a football perspective, and we have talked about it, Gil, the AFC quarterback gauntlet now that exists, and I know you're higher on Tua than than some, but Tua's nowhere even close to the level of any of those top five in the AFC. Correct. And it's just hard to see Tua in Miami winning anything of significance, regardless of who his coach is. If you're Harbaugh, even though Kirk Cousins has his flaws, as we know, and has only one year left on his contract, don't you look at the Minnesota job and say, hmm, Aaron Rodgers is probably leaving Green Bay. The Bears have a second-year quarterback with a defensive-minded head coach. The Lions stink. Mm -hmm. I can win this division with the amount of talent I have in Minnesota pretty easily year one. As opposed to? As opposed to Miami, where I have to compete with Belichick, Josh Allen. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And just and a gauntlet to even make the playoffs in the AFC. The NFC side, we talked about it. Like the quarterback situation, Dak Prescott, I guess, is the number one quarterback in the NFC by default. We, we went through the tiers. I guess. Uh, we went through the tiers of AFC quarterbacks. Literally, the NFC is Dak, Kyler, Cousins. No particular order, right? If Rodgers leaves. And Brady, we're assuming, is gone. We're not assuming. He is gone. Dak, Kyler, you know, he's going to make the announcement himself. Dak, Kyler, Cousins, Wilson, and Stafford. Those five guys. Everybody else is after them. It's just so much more top-heavy in the AFC. Now, the other thing going on in Vegas this week before the Super Bowl, because obviously we have two weeks to throw around the Rams and the Bengals, and we'll get your uh, initial thoughts of, in a two-week span here on this game, Jeff. But... We have some events going on here in Las Vegas. We have the Pro Bowl happening this week, which is why on the Megapod we do the, our, uh, what is it, our 11th annual Vegas Lifestyle Show this week where we talk about all the things in Vegas, restaurants, sports books, all the different things in case you and your buddies are traveling to Vegas this week. But we have the Pro Bowl this week, and we have the NHL All-Star Game. Now, what is the NHL All-Star Game doing? 
at the are they so doing the this? NHL All Star Game. By the way, is a noon Pacific puck drop on Saturday because, of course, it is. So they're <laughs> doing uh, yes. They're, they're, <laughs> Sounds it, right. Taking uh, taking uh, the lead from the NFL's original draft plans for the, of course, scuttled 2020 NFL draft here in Vegas. There's going to be two outdoor events on Friday night, which uh, if you happen to be in Vegas and want to go down to the Strip, probably avoid the Bellagio at any cost because they're doing an event called the Fountain Face-Off on the Lagoon at the Bellagio, Gil. <laughs> this is awesome. Competition takes place at, at the Bellagio Fountains. Players will travel by boat to the quote-unquote rink and are required to successfully shoot five pucks into five targets in the least amount of time. Qualifying players move to a head-to-head final. Fountain spray and the breeze off the strip will add to the challenge. Players will, players will travel by NHL boat. Event. And that is from the press release from the NHL. And then they're doing, this is actually a little bit funnier for me, the Las Vegas NHL 21 in 22. Shutting down part of Las Vegas Boulevard, it looks like right in front of Paris and Bellagio. They're going to hang a full deck of oversized cards on a rack and basically make players shoot pucks at these cards so they get to 21 without busting. And whoever does it in the least amount of cards is going to be crowned the puck shark of the NFL. They're closing the strip for this? You know, at least closing a part of it. Wait, so now the and the NFL draft, if we remember, so the NFL draft's here in April, and as Jeff said, it was supposed to be here in 2020. The pandemic scuttled that. But wasn't the plan for that supposed to be this elaborate thing where you started at the Bellagio, right? I don't know if players travel by boat like they do, like they do in the NHL version, but like they, they start at the Bellagio and then somehow they end up like on Koval, right? Which is a long way. To where they actually like reunite with the team that drafted them? Is that is that what works? Like how is that happening? I think it was they were gonna do like the red carpet out on the lagoon and then they were gonna build this pedestrian bridge that led directly to the uh that new forum auditorium yeah, behind how, behind how, the link. How long is that gonna take? Uh, time time time's uh, not a real thing, Gil. Come on. Yeah, I suppose. Wow. Vegas. Always, always interesting. So where do you say we got two weeks, uh, Jeff, to talk about nothing but the Rams and the Bengals. What are you doing on the game? Do you anticipate playing props? Oh, I'm definitely going to play props. And the biggest thing to monitor props-wise going to be the two tight end injuries that happened yesterday. Uzoma and Higby. Yeah. Yes, because uh, there, was, there was one report floating around this morning that Uzama only had a sprained MCL, which if that's the case – would have a he would have a shot to play, uh, and of course Higby left, and there've been no reports since then, other than that it was a knee. Kendall Blanton on the Rams had been utilized a lot in that game after Higby went out, and Blanton had more catches in the NFC title game than he did the whole regular season. So I'm curious to see how the market treats him, prop wise, and then on Cincinnati side, uh, Drew Samples their backup tight end. He's going to be someone I want to see if there's props dished on him if Uzama ends up being ruled out well before in advance. Those are the guys I'm going to be looking at. Cincinnati plus the points. Thank you very much. And I had the Rams to win the NFC. I love the Rams. Good for the Rams, by the way. They went all in. Stafford, this is why they got Matthew Stafford. Jalen Ramsey, Vaughn Miller, on down the line. And it's paid off for them. They got to a Super Bowl, their second appearance in four years. Good for them for doing that. But I'm taking the points with the Bengals. 
Jimmy G, where does he end up next year? Not in San Francisco. All my uh, Washington buddies are like, great, we're going to end up with Jimmy G. Ugh. Steelers? Now, that would be interesting. If I'm the Steelers, I may roll with that. I mean, Garoppolo's better than Mason Rudolph. We know yeah. that. Please don't. Please don't. Let's go to Washington. And I like Jimmy G more than other people do. But, yeah, no. Jimmy G, you know the record with uh, with Kyle Shanahan. Just so much more, you know, so much better win-loss with him than with any other quarterback. Lombardi line next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the sports betting. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.